thank you for uh, taking the time so so my uh, big question uh, for you is uh, you you pulled a surprise uh, on the whole industry by doing a deal at a time uh, where no one thinks it's possible to do a deal so i'm curious to learn uh, what the process was on your end uh, how did it come about uh, and more importantly how did you uh, decide i'm sure you weighed pros and cons of doing it at this time i'm just interested in learning about uh, the whole process right from the beginning okay well um we'll take it back uh, several years historically uh, gastro wine has been a group that has believed in co- in consolidation in in 2014 there was the merger of the two larger groups uh, in memphis to form the largest group now in the mid south and we've seen the benefits of consolidation on a local level and we're in the the camp that i think a lot of our colleagues are that consolidation is necessary to have the clout and have a seat at the table as medicine changes from a fee for service platform to whatever it becomes whether value based medicine population health uh medicare for all or whatever uh, it is important to have a large group so uh we've never had to be convinced that consolidation is necessary we think that just like in any business in the united states outside of medicine which is showing consolidation that it is mandatory for medical practices especially independent medical practices to band together uh, to be able to not only survive but thrive in the upcoming healthcare landscape and we need these numbers to have clout so again it was never an issue for us to decide whether we should consolidate or not we saw what we were doing in memphis and we're thinking not just this year but 5 10 years in the future that it's important uh, to have a larger group in a defined geographical area to again have influence and clout with payers and healthcare systems so once we decided to do this i was fortunate to actually meet bill lotman who's the principal of nexus health capital i think at one of the gi uh, roundtable conferences and and we Uh, hired them as our independent banking advisor. Bill at Nexus Health Capital has probably done more deals and uh, transactions in the GI space and in healthcare than most other banking advisors. Uh so we shared philosophies together and then we put out our confidential informational memorandum which is sort of like a prospectus. Uh, we got a significant amount of replies um with tentative LOIs about 50 and we basically I uh, interviewed a dozen of those and pared it down and uh, made a decision as to our private equity partner. We had really great candidates. We looked at current consolidators and new consolidators and then chose Webster Healthcare or Webster e- Equity Partners as uh, a partner in in healthcare with Gastro One and formed our MSO called One GI. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, thank you. Uh and now uh Uh, how long uh, did the process take? Oh, this process probably took about nine months from start to finish. A long process, but a very interesting process. Uh, you know, it was a little harder for us to go through the process because uh, we wanted to to basically start from scratch ourselves, and it's also very important for us to lay the fundamentals of this platform. Um, we have several groups in this area that. uh will be joining us and uh uh are interested in joining 1GI so as you know 
when we develop what they call the life after the deal terms uh, with private equity, uh, those are sort of set to the future. So we didn't do it just with Gastro One. We sought the opinion and advice of several GI groups in a four-state area on what their thoughts are with life after the deal and then codify them in our transaction with uh, Webster Equity Partners. So for future consolidation and partnerships, it'll be a much easier process. Okay. Uh, now, but uh, this whole life after the deal, uh, has that not uh, changed now? Did you think about it? I'm sure the, the final conversations were happening uh, once the crisis started. And uh, did that uh, have any bearing on physician productivity estimates that Webster might have used in coming up with a valuation or, you know, any of those things? First of all, I think they're looking uh, at the long-term vision and they know what's happening with COVID, but that didn't deter them uh, proceeding with the deal as laid out in their original letter of intent. We did not vary from that at all. Uh, you know, Webster has an intimate knowledge of the GI space and they're very physician-centric. So their motto is that they want to provide the business acumen and the financial backbone to enable growth. And they do not want to interfere or affect the clinical practice of medicine. They see that Gastro One and is doing an excellent job with taking care of patients. So basically they want us to continue uh, to provide excellent uh, patient care. And that's really their the, the mantra. So nothing really changed in, in the deal as far as uh, any of the specifics in the original pre-COVID letter of intent. Okay, uh, you know that's uh, that's great to know. Uh, now I wanted to ask you uh, on uh, what is likely to happen uh, post-COVID. Uh, how, how is that going to affect uh, private equity-led deals? You know, during the crisis, as you know, there's been basically a halt in private equity. Uh, transactions. Deals have been either put on hold or off completely. So as you said, we're probably the only PE deal in the medical realm that I know of that really concluded during this crisis. Uh, you know, and actually for our standpoint, uh, we are accelerating um, as Webster has really allocated considerable resources to one GI. Uh, you know, again, they see a long-term a strategy, and they feel uh, they're very bullish on healthcare uh, down the road, and and feel that the COVID is, of course, uh, a, a setback, but just a, a a blip in the road, which actually may uh, accelerate private equity uh, afterwards. But many independent practices have had trouble navigating through the business side of medicine with all the changes that are happening, even in the good times before COVID and let alone through this pandemic. And I think the added safety in numbers uh, is really true. Uh, I think a lot of physicians see the benefits banding together um, and being able to withstand uh, another pandemic uh, or withstand external pressures from the healthcare industry uh, that are affecting independent physicians. So we really feel that consolidation will continue, maybe put on a little hiatus because a lot of the other private equity companies are, you know, have been over leveraged and have to put their resources uh, into stability during this crisis. Um, uh, and we're fortunate that uh, we have a private equity fund that has the resources to continue during this crisis. But I think when the 
crisis hopefully comes to an end in the near future, um, that uh, private equity transactions will pick up. Now, this whole uh, second bite of the apple, the initial deals uh, that were done in GI uh, were back in 2016. Uh, and typical private equity plays are uh, between three to seven years, an average of five. Uh, do you see that uh, the current crisis would uh, delay these exits from happening? Uh, what are your views and uh, what have you been hearing uh, from the private equity world? You know, I haven't heard anything specific. Audax, uh, uh, the private equity behind Gastro Health, uh, was established first, and I I understand that their plans were in the near future to to entertain uh, uh, a transaction. I would imagine that right now that's on hold as many of the um, potential buyers and secondary lenders and co-lenders in a transaction right now are just sort of watching uh, to see what's happening as the economy improves and how long it takes to uh, get out of the COVID crisis. You had asked about the uh, uh, the pros and cons of the deal and I yeah. uh, and basically you know I think starting with the cons the biggest con of any private equity transaction is really change. You know, change takes people out of their comfort zone and it makes uh, physicians nervous when they believe they will lose, you know, control of a business that they've been the sole owners of uh, up until now. Uh, and I think that's why it's important to really pick the right private equity partner. As I said, uh, Webster is very physician centric. They are leaving all the control of the clinical aspect in physician control. So, you know, that was very important to us. Uh, my advice to somebody seeking out a private equity traction uh, transaction is that your partner is like a marriage, you know, you're going to be with them, as you said, from three to seven years, and you really want to get uh, a, a company uh, or partnership that, again, will uh, let physicians practice uh, medicine uh, like they know uh, how to practice, and really just bring the stability and the business uh, sense to enable, you know, growth uh, and consolidation. How are uh, valuations going to change uh, post-COVID? Uh, is, is that uh, going to change uh, because the number of uh, procedures may be reduced or all, is all this going to have an effect on uh, how practices might be valued by uh, private equity? Hmm. Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that Eventually, we're going to catch up on our procedures. A lot of our procedures uh, were deferred but not canceled, especially since we postponed elective colonoscopies, which people realize they need and will, will have done uh, after the crisis is over. But it may affect valuation somewhat because the financial institutions will look at earnings over a certain period of time. Uh, when they make their valuations and compute their EBITDA. But I've impressed with my group that the reason that we entered into a private equity deal um, was not to take money off the table. This was, never, this was never an issue that we're going to take so much money and put it in pockets and that's it. The money was always, or the financial aspect was always secondary. The reason for this is down the road to, to be to be necessary to compete in the healthcare environment. And we feel that consolidation is important 
for us to maintain our practice, maintain both the way we practice medicine, but also maintain the financial upsides of independent practice. And that's our long-term goal. So even if the valuation may change somewhat uh, in, the, in the near term uh, with private equity transactions, that's not to me the important thing. The important aspect of this whole reason to consolidate is looking five, 10 years in the future that consolidation is necessary. Um, so to some, the valuations may change, but uh, that's never been in the forefront of our minds. It's the end goal uh, that is the important thing. And I think that overall, looking into the future, the upsides financially and to maintain independent practices way outweigh any changes in valuation that may happen in the near term. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, while on the topic of valuation, I had a follow-up uh, question. Clearly, uh, gastroenterology is going the digital way, right? Like, yes. if anything, uh, and I'm not just talking about telemedicine, uh, but I, you know, I do think post-COVID, uh, the digital uh, direction for GI is going to accelerate. Uh, now, a lot of these uh, valuations are based on uh, an old world uh, that might not exist in the future. Previously, like, so it's, it's certain procedures, we've done it in a certain way. Uh, but then post-COVID, you know, it might look differently. We might do the same procedures differently. There's, there's a whole digital uh, aspect to it. Uh, just your reflection on uh, how that might uh, connect to valuations. You are the guru of prognosticating the digital future of GI. Uh, in, and I know you have a book coming out, Scope Forward, that, that details this. Um, so we're all looking forward to that. Uh, but I agree with you that we are changing, not just with telehealth, uh, but we're going to digital world. And uh, I'm not sure it affects the valuation per se, but one of the attractions of gastroenterology from private equity is that we have a full set of ancillaries and our ancillaries have been flexible and changing throughout time. Uh, we've been able to add ancillaries like infusion and pharmacy and research. Um, and we're very diversified as the specialty goes, which is an attraction uh, in the financial world. And I think that things will always change. And as we go into digital world, that will be another ancillary that will come into play and it just exemplifies the place that gastroenterology has uh, with this diversification and that will continue no matter you know continue through all the technological advances that are happening in medicine thank you uh, and i uh, wish you uh, the very best in uh, going forward and uh, do stay safe uh, you and your team okay thank you so much stay safe and sound